I think we're ready. And now I'm gonna hit our intro. Well, hello there, Joy. Well, hi, Jen. How's your day been going? How's your day been going? Well, you know, I feel a little tired right now. That's why I had to, before we could start recording, I had to go make me some coffee. It's 9.30 at night and I'm brewing some coffee. Oh, not me. I probably wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if that was me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Give me a decaf. <laughs> well, my kids are in around your house for hours today. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they did the running. I feel like I'm the tired one, but I'm getting over <laughs> that cold. So I think I'm going to blame it on that. Okay. All right. Which is why we should have, you know, we meant to do our recording this Sunday at 9 p.m. live on our YouTube channel. And um, I was, um, I was gone. Like, I was so sick. So it was, it was not a very fun day. (laughs) Saturday and Sunday was very, very trying. So we finally made it. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, I still, if I start coughing, I'm just going to have to un- unmute my mic so I don't sound like a, a weirdo. But I sound like myself again, more mostly. But I have some bloopers I'm going to throw on to the end of the show. And in the intro to the blooper, because I meant to put out our episode, like a little taster episode, like I'm, because we didn't get to record because I was sick, I was going to re- record all the little tippet, like tidbits that we tried to do with our Anchor app. Uh-huh. And I was sewing them together, and I was going to put that on our show, just put that on our feed. And I, like I said, the anchor sound was so horrible, but I cut and pasted some of the stuff and I might just throw it at the, at the end of the show just for the, um, just for the, the biscuits of it. Of it. <laughs> I'm swapping out I, because when I, you know, when you have kids, I'm swapping out any word that I maybe would have said for biscuits. Biscuits is just my word for everything now. Yeah, that's so. kind of good because <laughs> when you got little ones, you don't want them listening to anything that they shouldn't be saying. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like when their grandma says bull crap. <laughs> yeah, in front of the pastor while the pastor's at her house visiting. And my mom, Joy, busts out bull crap. And I was like, oh, she said bull crap in front of the pastor and my four-year-old. <laughs> Immediately. I didn't know which one was like worse. Like the the four year old, he'll run with it and use it at any time he knows he's not supposed to, or the pastor be like, "Um, we're just met this guy and he's coming over," and my mom's like, "I think that's bullcrap." And I was like, "Whoa, Nelly!" You know, like I've worked in some pretty sketchy places, so bullcrap isn't a big thing for me. But but (laughs) you know, you could have said bull biscuits, and that might have been more funny. Just swap out biscuits for everything. Son of a biscuit. As old as old older people, bull crap meant crap. You know, it's just a bunch of crap. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I think it still means that, but for some reason. reason. I don't care about being impoetically correct. (laughs) Impoetically? Whatever, whatever. What is it? Politically incorrect. Oh, politically incorrect. Yeah, see, I don't even know that new term. Oh, you're so silly. (laughs) Okay, well, hey, so Mm -hmm. here we are. It's July 10th, 2018, 9.30 at night. We're rocking out our very first live stream together, but this is your first 
podcast. Yeah, my stream? first podcast, so I'm hoping I do good. Mm-hmm. I, I should be good at it. I've done other things for many, many years. So yeah. So this this is my mom, Joy, and she's only a year older than me. So I'll figure that out. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she is my good daughter. Don't let her fool you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm teaching. I'm teaching her the ropes on how to podcast and do Google Docs and stream and uh, record everything live. So this is uh, this is going to be a project of love, and we invite you guys to follow along with us. So but, if I can, so if I can what? do it, anybody can do it. Exactly. Was, anybody who has a daughter that knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, I was born in 1956. So other people just like me, give your brain a chance. <laughs> well, to, our next step is teaching her how to copy and paste with her mouse. So yes, that's exactly. on our agenda. <laughs> I'd rather I'm just like, write did you it open down. up the show notes? And you're <laughs> like, yeah, they're in front of me. I'm like, you got your Google Docs up and you're like, no, I printed that out a couple of days ago. I got the copy in front of me. I'm like, Girl, those notes have changed. I have added stuff you need to get into your Google Doc. Then she tells me to go paste and copy, and I'm copy going like, paste. not now. She's like, um, no. <laughs> I have it printed in front of me. Too we'll work funny. on that later. It's so funny. All right. Well, let's get rolling. We're going to well, start our show. We're going to get going, and we're going to start um our shows with what national day is it? Do you have any idea what national day it is, Joy? I have no idea. It changes every day. So I know, I don't right? Know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what this one is. The July 10th, 2018, National Clara Hue Day. And I do know what this next one is, National Pina Colada Day. So that oh, yeah. you can have your virgin pina coladas <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're sworn off alcohol. And yeah. you can have your, you know, maybe once a what year. It? It's National <laughs> Clara Hue Day. Um, let's figure out what that is, ladies and gents. Uh, July 10th of each year celebrates National Clara Hue. I hope it's nothing bad. I hope I'm not wasting everybody's time by sharing something really weird. Um, Clara I don't know. National Clara Hue Day in the, in the United States. Oh, it's wow. in the um, Edmund Clara Hugh Bentley created the whimsical four-line biographical poem. An English novelist and humorist, Edmund Clara Hugh Bentley, he was born July 10th, 1875, and he died, oh, he died the year you were born, March 30th, 1956. Um, he was a six was a sixteen year old student when he taught up the lines for his first ever Clara Hugh. Sir Humphrey Davy, oh, Sir Humphrey Davy, abominated gravy. He lived in an o- in the odium of having discovered sodium. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, funny. Gosh, he must have went overboard on sodium. <laughs> that is too funny. Um. So apparently the Clara Hue is something that we did not know. So now we could teach those who may have not known. And for those who know, good for you. Um, But it's as with most poetry, the Clara Hue is defined by a set of rules. It must contain four lines, rhyming couplets of A, double A, double B, a person's name in the first line, say something about that person, and it should be humorous. It is meant to be a funny poem, of course. So it'd be like... Joy, the podcaster lady, was a po- little shady. Yeah, was <laughs> so, was a little shady. Shady was a little shady. Um, like to climb trees in her skivvies or something. Like that. Yeah, in her skivvies. In her skivvies. 
<laughs> I busted out. For those, in for those that don't know what skibbies are, underwear. <laughs> skibbies is an old term for men's underwear, like boxer shorts. Oh, so shorts. you were wearing men's underwear. See, that no. was funny. <laughs> for real. Joy climbed up a tree. <laughs> She's a little shady. She yeah. likes to wear skibbies, something like that. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of cool. I did not know <laughs> that. We just celebrated it. Now we just have to use the hashtag National Clarahue Day um, <laughs> to make it official. So go, oh, put right. pit, go put a pair of skivvies on the flagpole. <laughs> um, but make it a poem about yes, it. Yes, so. make it a poem. <laughs> the next national holiday, Pina Colada Day. It uh-huh. is observed annually on July 10th. The Pina Colada is a sweet rum-based cocktail along with rum. A Pina Colada includes cream of coconut, pineapple juice, and is usually served blended or shaken with ice. Pina Colada means strained pineapple a reference to the freshly pressed and strained pineapple juice used in the drink. There are different claims to the invention of the pina colada beginning in 1952 in San Juan, each sticking to their theory. The truth is that the pineapple and the rum have been together from the beginning of the distillation of rum. The first written reference to a pina colada was in 1922. This recipe, however, did not include coconut. What a shame. Coconut is so delicious. Yeah. So... That is what our daily holidays are for July 10th, 2018. Oh. It sounds like I every never July known 10th. It. I know. I, <laughs> you've learned something new every day here at Event yeah. Great Radio. Yes. So now we're going to be moving into our good news section to get some more invigoration. Okay. Well, this is such good news. Have you been keeping track um, of the um, the twelve boys and their soccer coach that were trapped? Yeah, I in did. Thai, Thailand. Yeah. yeah, and there was a seal um, that the the special forces seals. Yeah, I I saw when one of them passed away trying to save some of the young men, young boys. Yes, it, it happened. But um, today, the Daring Rescue Mission in the treacherous, con- treacherous confines of the flooded Thai cave um, saved all 12 of the boys and their soccer coach. That is absolutely amazing. They were trapped in there. And, and I was wondering, I, not, I have not figured out why they were in there. Like, it, it says that they were trapped deep within the labyrinth. So I don't know if they were just, like, exploring the caves. Yes, they had why. done it. I heard it. they had done it many times, uh, maybe eight or nine or ten times before. But the waters came in so fast this time. Um, they had been there before is what I heard. Okay, because I've been looking and trying to hear of, like, why they were in the cave. Yeah, um, something they yeah. had done. Yeah, it said that it ended after 18 days that it it stretched. That is terrifying. I could not imagine being trapped in a cave overnight, let alone 18 days. Well, before they were found, they were surviving on just the water that was seeping in on the rocks and stuff. That's That's what I read, too, the stalactites. Like, it was dripping. Uh And, uh, yeah, they were just drinking that. Um, Gosh, that's that's crazy. And, And... that is such a blessing that they are all 12 of them were, were saved. Um, mm-hmm. It said that um, it did claim the life of an experienced volunteer diver. Yeah, and he that was. A was seal. Yeah. 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 Performing former Navy SEAL. Um, and let's see what his name Former SEAL who volunteered to help died at 2 a.m. Um, and what was his name? I'm trying to get his name. SEAL Commander Arpakron. 
Yu Kong Kao told a news conference Friday morning that the rescuer, rescuer was working in a volunteer capacity and died during an overnight mission in which he was placing oxygen canisters. Uh-huh. I'm not seeing his name, but bless his heart for putting his life on the line to dive in there and uh, save them. Um, oh, right here. According to BBC News, Saman Kunan, 38, he lost consciousness on his way out out of the Tham Long Cave complex. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So, um, but where did I lost my, my, my uh, thing now. Oh, right here it is. Um, so, yeah, um, eight of the boys were rescued by a team of Thai and international divers on Sunday and today, or uh, Sunday and Monday. And um, they, the, the seal, one of the seals when they were interviewed said that they were not sure if this is a miracle, a science, or what. All 13 wild boars are now out of the cave. And um, that's what the name of the boys' soccer team was. And they oh. said that. That everybody is safe. Yeah, they were the wild boar soccer team and that all the members were safe. And I definitely know that it's definitely heaven sent miracle, I feel. Yeah. Because for okay. eight for for um all twelve of the boys to survive the eighteen days on water from stalactites with their coach and then got them all out, you know, that's impressive. I can't imagine what the parents went through or the boys themselves thinking no. it's going to be a good ending or not. They've never terrifying. probably they probably never suspected a great ending, you know. Right, and they were holding vigils and stuff. I know at the mouth of the cave, um, from everything that I've heard and read. So mm-hmm. that's amazing um, that this was such a and a happy ending. Our, our country in the U.S. were we're so we we are very wrapped up in happy endings. Like it's very hard for us. We're very lucky and blessed in a lot of ways that you know it's hard for us to fathom a non-happy ending. You know, um, because not everybody has one. So this is this is absolutely amazing. And we're all about positivity. Absolutely. News. Yeah. Yep. So brightness brightness to the world. Yeah. Speaking of brightness to the world, do you remember you just have the word joke in our show notes? Do you remember what joke you're going to share with us? Yes, I did. (laughs) You shared this joke now. Let keep it. Well, my friend, I was my friend said to her husband, we need to brush up on our flirting. The next night after I crawled into bed next to him, he wrapped his large arms around me and drew a deep breath and whispered into my ear, "Mm -mm, that Vic smells good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I love that. (laughs) You're so funny. Oh, Oh, goodness. (laughs) You're a turkey. I can picture those big arms around me. Mmm, <laughs> the smell of Vicks. And as, as you get older, we do have Vicks. <laughs> I think Therizizic or Therizizic might, <laughs> <Therizic, laughs> might, might have a, a hands up on uh, that Vicks. Yeah. All right. It's well, been pretty darn hot here nose. in Michigan, yeah. hasn't it? It's been yes. pretty darn hot here in Michigan. Yes, it Speaking was of that Vicks and, and how, and how yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, really. I think it must have been in the winter time when that joke was going around. <laughs> it must have been because I'm not feeling the Vicks right now because it's been <laughs> yeah. too hot. Did, did you know what the hottest day in Michigan was and when? No, no choice. In July of, yeah, in July of 1936, it was a high of 112 degrees. What? Now you can imagine it in 1936. 1936. Yikes. Yeah, and the coldest was February 9th of 1934. 
and it, it was a low of, of minus 54 degrees. Oh, okay. So that I can't was even in... imagine that now. I don't. <laughs> a negative of fifty four in of February 54. of nineteen thirty four. Yeah, nineteen thirty four. Yep. It said um, um, and and I went to face uh, watched a show on Facebook and it showed said that how did they keep? I wanted to know how they kept cool in those days, and they said that they used things. They placed things like uh, people would go to places and they would go to theaters, like you know, back in the day when they had the silent movies. And they just sat there and got warm, you know, just trying to get warm. Advertised, probably stayed there all day and night, you know, watch one right. side of the movie after another in silence so you could go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Put your little eyebrows I didn't even think about that aspect of it. <laughs> I didn't either until just now. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just take your little blankie with you and... So then advertised in Illinois State Journal, they said they had they had ice. People would in the state journal said that they were iced conditioned, meaning that that's how we had air conditioned. Back then they had ice conditioned where they would put big blocks of ice and set it around. And and they did have uh, uh, small little fans because they did have electricity, but they could blow the coolness off the ice and it have a oh. you know like melting into a pan like. Like they had the pretty much like the window air conditioners are ran pretty much like that. Yeah. Like you're oh. you're blowing obviously not a block of ice, but the air is blowing over the coils that has the freon blowing through. Right, Because right. if you don't keep it cleaned or if it works over hard, it can start um, freezing up on you, like actual ice forms on the coils, and you've got to like unthaw it to get it to work again. But yeah, but you know, like uh, some taverns were air cooled. Um, probably because they had giant big air, you know, and they might have had a vent set up, so it pushed it in from the ice in the fan. But yeah. the air conditioning, the air conditioning as we know it, was still a very rarity. They said the bu the buckets of ice and they had fans blowing on them as you spent time in the basement to escape the heat. Kids slept outside and swam in a local pool or river. They even went as far as soaking their bed sheets in cold water and hanged the bed sheets over a clothesline and then slept under those wet sheets at night. So now we treat heat like we do air conditioning is on such as a, the main thing like a furnace in the cold part of the year. So when you know, like nowadays we have uh, air conditioning is just as important to us as having heat in the winter. Um, right. Do you remember when you guys were young kids? And uh, I remember we having one fan and we- Yeah, I was making fun of it like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we had, one, we had one fan, and I remember never going to sleep because I was so afraid my parents would take the fan away from us so they could have it, and then we'd sweat. I yeah, and I, <laughs> right, and I remember you, we had one fan, and you, like, would put it halfway, because my, my room was right with um, my sister's room at times before when we didn't have air conditioning yet, and you would, and it was like, here, I'm going to put one fan, and, like, it was going to divide the air down both sides of the room. <laughs> I was like, we need more than one fan. I remember telling one of you, whoever falls asleep first is the lucky one. Because... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then exactly. we, you take a, you guys would take a bath, put a wet cloth on your head, run, jump in bed. <laughs> so yeah, so not fun. Cooled. Yeah, I know. Fun. Like, yeah, and we are so spoiled because there's so many times so far already this summer where it has um, reached a hundred and. And it says, you know, it's 99, but it feels like 106. And 
Yeah. And it's that humid. You know, everybody laughs like, yeah, in Arizona, where some of our um, family lives, you know, they're like, it's 110, but it's this dry heat. And like right now, they're having like sandstorms and like dust storms down there. And I'm like, I don't know how I would feel about that. Right. (laughs) Uh, Dust can get into everything. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it's bad. Yeah. um, Up here, we have the humidity. Yeah. I I hate humidity, man. But, you know, I have uh, relatives that live in uh, Arizona, and they said that in Phoenix, and they said that um, they don't care if it's humidity or hot. It's still hot. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You definitely would have to do certain things at certain times of the day, because how else could you survive? Right. Absolutely. We definitely are lucky people living in Mm -hmm. the time period. Well, in in Michigan, yeah, because you have a little bit of everything. Yeah, we do. You don't yes, have to do. worry about, oh, well, um, you know, tomorrow it might not be, well, it could be 78, 75, or the next day could be 100. Right. <laughs> you can go to Florida back, no cost you no money. <laughs> exactly. Just, they said, wait five minutes, right? Yeah. And yeah. changes. Right. All right. Well, we are moving into our recommendations. Okay. Woohoo! I thought that that little intro reminded me of you back in your old clown days. Oh God! You can do a little chair dance, a little jig. Yeah. Yes. Um, I thought it's so weird because you've referenced that you watched a show on Facebook, uh-huh. and like Facebook has kind of they have you noticed that they started doing like those little videos, like little TV show videos, and they're like putting little commercials in it. They're being all sneaky. Uh huh. Well, um. I I never thought the day would come where I would recommend you watch a Facebook show. <laughs> I never thought that day would come. Really? But um it's this dry bar comedy that um it's like oh shoot it it's little snippets of um it's supposedly supposed to be comedy for everyone like I haven't ran across uh, comedy skit that's really risque or dirty or that you couldn't like watch around your family because you know it's really hard these days to find something that isn't like really dark or really you know gross and nasty and um you have to like make fun of people like it's all really kind of funny i haven't ran across really a bad one yeah um and they're like, some of them are three minutes, some of them are six minutes, some of them are five minutes. And um, it's, if you look on um, Facebook, it is dry bar comedy. And there's just all different kinds of comedians, ones I've never heard of before. And they just do these little skits. And midway, there's like a, like a couple second commercial, and then they get back to it. But there is really some funny stuff. Like, it's, um, everybody needs to laugh, you know? So if you can find a good comedy, a good comedian that can make you laugh without doing a bunch of cussing and belittling like a race or a gender or whatever. And I mean, you can poke fun and stuff like that, but you know, it's really, it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great thing to spend a couple minutes to get a funny laugh. Like there's one guy that just talks about baby boomers and another guy does all of the classic kid show voices. Um, <laughs> it's just it's so many. It's it's funny. So that would be my recommendation is to uh, Google dry bar comedy. And, you know, they might even have something like outside of Facebook. And this is the way they advertise. But I haven't really dove into it. But it says that their story is 
oh yeah, cool. You can find it at drybarcomedy.com. So that's even better. If you don't have Facebook or you don't like it, you don't have to find it there. So go to drybarcomedy.com. But it says dry bar comedy, stand up comedy that's funny for everyone. And I kind of feel like it is. So huh, yep, never that's heard my of recommendation. It. Oh, that's new. It's, that's it's new. funny because there's this dad on there. And you know how when you're a parent, they're like, you're not supposed to have favorites. You know, not supposed to have a favorite. <laughs> and um, this, I didn't have a favorite. <laughs> no. And so this comedian, he's a dad. And I think he's a dad of like three or four girls. I think it's three. And he's like, yeah. He's telling a little bit about each daughter. And he gets down to like the second baby, the second to the youngest. And he's like... I love my daughter, but I don't like her. Like, if we, <laughs> I know, right? He says, I love her, but I don't like her because she's smarter than me. Like, if we were friends, we wouldn't be friends. Like, I love her as my daughter, but I wouldn't be friends with her. He's joking. And he's That's how I feel about my sisters. <laughs> yes, he's so funny. <laughs> yes, right? They say, you know, families, yeah. the the people, the friends you didn't get to pick. Yeah. Um, well, he was joking. So then he goes into saying, like, how his little girl was like, Dad, you know how to spell peripheral? peripheral and he and he said here i'm thinking she's asking me because she doesn't know how to spell it so i'm like hmm that's a tricky word and she says it's not tricky and he's like hmm well it's spelled p-e-r-i-f it's not with an f daddy it's a p-h the p-h is silent and he goes oh oh (laughs) he gets all offended like he's joking like he gets all offended and um, and then he says later, he's like, we are swimming. And she's like, daddy, help me. And he goes, what? I can't see you. You're out of my peripheral vision. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was just her back. He was uh-huh. just, um, you know, cracking up. It's just stuff like that. You know, I have you to go there and check to. it out. Yeah. yeah. Drybarcomedy.com or you can find it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Do you have any recommendations? Well, I was on face uh youtube the other day and i was going through um these i come across these uh it said haunted mansion old houses um you know really not haunted but they're just old houses that nobody lives in for many many years and they've got youtube people uh, young kids go in and they videotape what it was like in the 70s and a lot of them solved the houses are tore up but they they just go in they find old artifacts and stuff and it could be a house that's been sitting there for 50 years or 70 years you know and they go in and they sometimes go through windows and it's pretty interesting it's just looking up old houses and you find yourself just one house after another because you actually can't go you've ever been going down the road and you actually see an old house and you say i bet that house has a lot to tell yeah you know, all the stories behind this house i normally say actually, there's yeah, no way i would ever live in that house <laughs> yeah yeah some houses just look creepy to me right and, and they've got them on there on, on youtube you know it's um old mansions and you just put it in there old mansions or or treasure hunting match you know uh-huh. just any kind and you could they're one right after another and it's just pretty interesting that it was funny to me is like the old stuff that these young kids find and they must be 20 or i would say 30 and under all the, you know, all the way down to like 18 19 21 like 29 they don't know what this stuff is so they try to kind of guess and I'm going, it's, Which a, is kind of it's interesting. a bed warmer. It's a bed warmer. <laughs> talking to the TV. <laughs> that, so this is actually really old stuff that's in these houses. Yeah, yeah. Because they a, went, a bed warmer, I don't know yes. the last time you had to, you were telling me that you had to put coal in yeah. the metal pan and rake right. it over your sheets. 
Yeah, you like, put it when's the your... last time that has ever had to be used? You know, yeah, back in the back in the early like the 1930s or the night back when it was so darn cold outside. <laughs> you know, but you put it between your sheets and it's it's hot coals and it. it's got a long stick on it and it's got it's like usually brass or something and and they shut it and then they put it. It's hot and they run it between the sheets to keep to get the sheets warm. So when you get into bed, you've got a warm bed. And that's what they did. There's all there's all kinds of things they find. One was an old jail that they found, a one-room old jail, and they was finding really neat stuff. Thought, well, what it is, a one-room in oh, the into this one room. You're back. Okay. They actually put the people in this one-room jail, and it's like, you know, okay, they didn't have any bars. They didn't have any cells or nothing. That was the jail. You know, they had, they had uh, bars on the windows. <laughs> Oh, okay. So that's how they did around the, oh, back in the really old. It said it was really, really old, like 1909 or something like that, but pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that is neat. I was looking up here about the bed warmers. It said it was a common household item in countries with cold winters, especially in Europe, and it cons consisted of a metal container, usually fitted with a handle and shaped somewhat like a modern frying pan. That's how I pictured it yeah, when you are yeah. describing it. Yeah, um, it said the pan long. would be filled with river stones preheated from the fireplace mm -hmm. and placed under the covers of the bed to warm it up and or dry it out before use. And after the invention of rubber, the classical bed warmer was largely supplanted by the hot water bottle. Water bottle, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is still widely used in the early 20th century electric blankets and then the electric bed warmer, which was containing a lamp holder and a low wattage light bulb were invented hmm. to fulfill the same need. I'll be darned. I didn't know oh, that. There we know. Man, that's, hmm. that's See, I knew the that fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about stuff we didn't know and now we yeah. know. Well, that's cool. Do you by chance know the name of that um, that station? Or uh, that's, uh, just look up um, old mansions or old... Um, old houses and it usually probably take you right to it i can look it up next year next time let you know okay and i'll um, let you all know on our on our small segment i can see if we can google it it was like just i guess yeah i guess we can find out later um, yeah or i can try to google it if we're talking about something later all right well i guess that's moving on into our did you know intro Know that? Aww. I know, right? <laughs> That's my baby girl. All right. Mm -hmm. This is where we ask, did you know that? Because as you can tell, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world and a lot of stuff we did not know. Yeah. Or some things we just want to share because we think it's interesting. Right. Like this really weird website that it came up, which could be anything really, right? A weird website. Start your worry. I thought this was so weird. Um, I can't remember where I found it. I think it's like where um, your phone like does the algorithms for like your searches. And it's like, hmm, you might enjoy this or you might want to check out this website. And I actually have no idea why it suggested this for me because it has nothing to do with me. I'm not a twin, but it's uh, twinstrangers.net. And um, they're saying that across the whole world that there's somebody that looks like you. And, I, <laughs> I know, right? So <laughs> there, this website, its whole, its whole existence is based around 
people uploading a picture of them full on and using face recognition software to compare your image against millions of profiles in their database and to get hundreds of results each time. And it's over the, the whole world. And it looks like they've done like, I want to say 4,294,872 lookalikes. And if you could go to the website, there's um, actual interviews with people who have had success in finding their twins. And it is jaw dropping. (laughs) Like it's one thing to say, Oh, there's somebody out there that looks like you. And it's another to actually see it happen and like watch the interviews of these people. It's really pretty fascinating. So that's at twinstrangers.net. So uh-huh. you can uh, watch some of their their YouTube interviews. It's it's pretty impressive. I don't know how much it costs. Let me look and see in their FAQ section. That's their Let's see. Um how long does it take? It says, is there anything I can do to speed up the process? Here it says, um, using twinstrangers.com is one of the best and quickest ways to find your twin stranger with thousands of registering every week. You have the best chance to find them here. Um, da, 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 da. We have had countless matches um, on Twin Stranger to date. Check out our Facebook page to see the latest Twin Stranger pairings. Um, but it doesn't give you actually time. And I don't know. What if they don't want to talk with me? It says, sometimes some twin strangers are happy to just see a photo of you. This makes us sad, too. Don't worry, though. It said we've seven twin strangers alive in the world. So hopefully there is one out there that would like to connect. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. They're like, oh, Um, don't worry. If one out of the seven twin strangers and people that are just like, you don't want to talk to you. There's six more that just might want to talk to you. Yeah. So silly. So it's tr- twinstrangers.net. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. And here it says using twinstrangers.com. So well, that's interesting. Go to either one and see what you get. Yeah, because the one I found that was suggested to me was twinstrangers.net. Let me go to .com and see if it's this, if they just, they may have just purchased the .net, .net and .com domains uh-huh. when they started up their business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to Twin Strangers. Yep, that's what they did. It's the exact same thing. Same exact. Okay. Yep, they just bought yeah. both domains. Well, so. let us know if you find your your uh, your twin out there. Yeah, that, that would one. be really interesting. Yeah, let us know what what becomes of that. It's pretty interesting to see what happens. Don't feel free to let us know. We'll make sure that you get on ours. Um, uh, you can just email us and let us know at invigorate at gmail it right. sounds like Joy's pretty intrigued by this. Yeah, I would be. Well, I did see my my husband's twin. Yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. yeah. So maybe is this something that you would do? Upload your picture and see if anybody. Um. Heck no. <laughs> you mean biscuits? No. No. Nope. 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 I don't care to know. <laughs> I don't know either. Really, I don't have. I ain't got nobody got time for that. I like who I am. I don't need another one of me. <laughs> you don't I need another myself, one. I just find myself competing, and I'm not a follower. So. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, speaking of following, fruit flies do a lot of following. Yes, they do. They follow fruit all over the place. But um, did you know that uh, we're gonna, I'm going to teach you today a little bit about fruit flies? 
And did you know that they hatch in 40 to 50 days and they mate and lay about several batches of eggs at a time? So if you ever wondering where is all these stinking fruit flies coming from in my kitchen and someone told me sometimes they go down the drain and um, I never saw that. I usually, whenever I clean my drains once, twice a month and I put uh, apple cider or vinegar down it and put some, uh, first I put in the baking soda and then I put in the apple cider vinegar and then we have like a little volcano and I let it sit there and it cleans up all the smells and stuff. But, um, but anyway, the fruit fly, usually um, they, they always are, they're just a pest. And they grow in your home very fast, and the lifespan of them is influenced by the temperature that's in your home. And how do you get rid of them? Well, there's there's one sure way. You take a little piece of banana that's kind of yucky, you know, your ripe banana, and put it in a cup, preferably a throwaway cup, um, and put some cellophane over the top of it, and then put... Um, uh, little dots in the front and the top of it so that the fruit fly can get into it. And then, you know, you put a rubber band around it too so that it won't stay. Or you can use that, what do you call that stuff you use, that sticky stuff? Um, oh, I love the press and seal. Yeah, yeah, the press and seal. Yeah, that would work great. Put some little dots in there like with a the end of a pencil lead and um, so the fruit fly can get in. And once it gets in there to get that, you catch, you catch them. And they can't, they can't figure out how to get back out. Yeah, I've used the apple cider vinegar actually in a little yep. jar with that press and seal. And then I just took like a sewing needle and poked a couple holes. Sometimes I had to spread it out a little bit because to make it yes. a little bit bigger. Yeah. Right, so you can get in it. And uh, Yeah, it yeah. works amazing. And yeah, you can use, it says you can use apple cider vinegar and a few drops of dish soap. Um, meaning the dish Never soap, done the dish soap, but yeah. yeah. Dish soap probably has got foam in it and it, it kind of like gets their wings all wet and they kind of like drown. <laughs> <laughs> but they said that, you know, the piece of banana really collects them. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty informative. That was from Orkin on um, Facebook. Oh, so, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That is pretty handy. I yeah. hate those things. They're so frustrating. I will take fruit flies, though, over the June bugs and oh. the Japanese beetles <laughs> yeah. and any other crickets. flying beetle. <laughs> I say, have crickets? They don't fly. No, if the crickets flew. Mm. If the crickets land mm. on me? Yes. <laughs> not feeling it. Not liking the... I don't... Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, time, one time I used to raise birds. Remember when you was a kid and I raised yeah. birds? And uh, I had these, uh, I had this blue jay on the back porch and it was all screened in. And I was... Little kids down the road, I'd give them... Uh, a popsicle for 10 grasshoppers and i don't know what it is i love grasshoppers but i can't stand a cricket i think it's because Ugh. of the big things that comes out the butt you know those the big things, things that come like, out the butt <laughs> those little whiskers like things the cricket and, uh, poopy i don't yeah. like cricket poopy no. <laughs> yeah, no well anyway <laughs> anyway so i'm feeding the the the, the blue jay and uh i had had a rabbit cage down in back of me and I had another bird in it that I was raising at the time, and and I moved backwards, and this cricket jumped on my jumped on my leg, and I just about flipped, fell backwards into the dark. Oh my cage goodness! And about smooshed it all to pieces. My daughter, oh my mother, daughter was just laughing, laughing, laughing. Yeah, them crickets. You know, and I love Jimmy crickets on Disney shows when I was a little girl. 
I don't right. understand. Why did they say it was Jiminy Cricket when he was green? He was actually a grasshopper. I have no idea. Unless there's <laughs> green crickets, let's Google that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The black cricket. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like, I don't know. I don't like them guys. And they never shut up either when you're trying to sleep. If you got one and you're like, say you go camping and you go, forget, forget. <laughs> you count, count how many times in between. One, two, three, forget. <laughs> she drives you nuts. Uh huh. <laughs> then you got to get up and find that little derelict. <laughs> Let I'm like, I'm going to touch him. I'm not touching him. You're going to get a towel. <laughs> says Jiminy Cricket is a Walt Disney version of the talking cricket, which was Italian, the second Grillo Parlante, a fictional character created by Carlo Collodi for his children's book, The Adventures of Pinocchio, which Disney adapted into the animated film Pinocchio in 1940. Um, I was trying to... Oh, and this person's in Google. Is Jiminy Cricket a grasshopper or a cricket? Artistic license is well and good, but the Disney character Jiminy Cricket really annoys me. Someone posted, not enough legs or a present hidden under his clothes. And if he is an insect, clearly he's a grasshopper. So it looks like you're not the only person who is not understanding this. And I agree with you. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It doesn't make sense. No. Of course, and a lot of them old theories don't make sense. But. Right. Yeah, this person said... Somebody, so this person made a whole blog post that's on somebody's blog hmm. called simonleather.wordpress.com. Yeah, five huh. years ago. So he, he was a little angry. Not Jiminy Cricket, but Gregory Grasshopper. Someone ought to tell Walt. They, they were just as irritated <laughs> with, uh, with that. Well, that was crazy. All Another, right, well, oh, yeah. Well, I was going to tell you one more other little thing I wanted to tell you was it says also to keep dirty dishes um, clean and out of your di out of your sink because stuff like that can attract your fruit flies. Okay. All right. Well, here's my last. Did you know? Because I did not know this, and it came across my feed, and I'm finding this information at nationalgeographic.com. <laughs> and it was titled, How Was Ketchup Invented? How Was Ketchup Invented? And hmm. I know, because we just kind of take it for granted that it's on, like, every table when you go to a restaurant. It's on every table. It's, it's invented with uh, tomatoes and probably Roma, Roman toma Roma tomatoes. Romaine? Yeah. Oh. Rome, no, wait, that's Roma. Romaine. That's Roma. <laughs> Roma. <laughs> you and I, we should not podcast at 10 p.m. at night. We should yeah. not. We're like, we... We will make up our own words, everybody, so get over it. <laughs> get used to it and, and get over it. Yeah. Um, all right. It says, even the most barren of refrigerators has a lingering bottle that clatters with the whoosh of the open door. It is the hero of American condiments. Ketchup. In the U.S., 97% of households report having a bottle on, at the table and but we all want to know how did it come to be it turns out the ketchup's origin origins are anything but american ketchup actually comes from hokkien chinese from from the hokkien chinese word ket oh you're scraping something at your house nope you're, something is making a really loud noise it is my um air conditioner yeah it's really loud let me go turn it off. 
Or just don't put the hold your button down while I'm okay. Oh, it's it seems okay right now, but it sounded like a big truck was going by. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, right. It says it comes from the Hokkien Chinese word ketsiap. It's spelled K-E-T-S-I-A-P, apparently, in Chinese. Um, the name of the sauce derived from fermented fish. It is believed that traders brought fish sauce from Vietnam to southeastern China. The British likely encountered the ketchup in Southeast Asia, returned home, and tried to replicate the fermented dark sauce. And this is probably so. This probably happened in the late 17th, early 18th century, as evidenced by a recipe that was published in 1732 for yeah. ketchup in paste oh, by really? Richard Bradley. Yeah. Wow. Says which referenced Ben Coolin in the East Indies as its origin. And it says that it was certainly not the ketchup that we recognize today. Most British recipes called for ingredients like mushrooms, walnuts, oysters, anchovies. And in an effort to reproduce the savory taste um, first encountered in Asia, because with that fishy taste that they were used to, um, it says mushroom ketchup was even purported, was even a purported favorite of Jane Austen. And it said these early ketchups were mostly thin and dark and were added to soups, sauces, sauces, meat, and fish. And at this point, ketchup lacked one very important ingredient. dun da 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 Wow. <laughs> the tomato. The first known published tomato ketchup recipe appeared in 1812. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Probably Heinz. It says it was written by scientist and horticulturist James Meese, who referred to tomatoes as love apples. Oh, he's oh, an really? interesting Did sort. you know that a tomato is actually a fruit? Yes. Yep, I did know that. Yep. Okay. The Veggie Tales taught me that. I think oh. uh, Bob refers to himself as a fruit or something. Veggie Tales. <laughs> hey, you oh, get cute. your info. You got to get your facts where you can get your facts. That's right. And I want to say I found out that that way. At least that's my most um, memorable way to find out that a tomato is a fruit. As uh-huh. a Bob from Veggie Tales. Yeah. Um, yeah, but James Meese referred to tomatoes as love apples. Uh. Oh, that cracks me up. Um yeah. That is so funny. Get a heart and put a bunch of those little tomatoes in it. So funny. (laughs) Um, Which is ironic because people in you would always saw where people threw tomatoes at like bad performances on stage. So it's kind of ironic that they're throwing love apples to be jerks. (laughs) (laughs) How did that? Very ironic. Yeah, really. Uh, It says his recipe contained tomato pulp, spices, and brandy, but lacked vinegar and sugar. Hmm. And uh, it says ketchup success was due in part because it could be kept for up to a year. And all the da, 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 da. okay, here's where we get to. Here's where we get to the guy you were talking about. Um, and now I hear you all of a sudden coming out of your thing. Hmm. I don't know why. Well, you gotta let your finger off the alt button. New podcaster here. Gotta new podcaster joy. We gotta get through these little growing pains <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay it's okay guys. thank you thank you thank you thank you we'll, we'll get it <laughs> all right um okay it says uh oh here here's where the mr heinz comes into the picture 
It says there's some, first, before I have to read this whole thing, there's some dude named Wiley partnered with a Pittsburgh man named Henry J. Hines, who had started producing ketchup in 1876. Hines also um, was convinced American consumers did not want chemicals in their ketchup. And in answer to the benzoate controversy, Heinz developed a recipe that used ripe red tomatoes, which have more of the natural preserv- preservative called pectin than the scraps of the others that um, that the other manufacturers used. So Heinz began producing preservative-free ketchup and soon dominated the market. And in 1905, the company had sold 5 million bottles of ketchup. But I think it's time to say goodbye to everybody. So go okay. ahead. All right. We'll see you next time in a brand new cartoon. Um, so thank you, the one person who's watching us right now on YouTube Live. <laughs> Thank you. And um, we will figure out what day we wanted to do Sunday nights, but now Joy wants to do Sunday dinners. So I don't know if we'll feel up to recording on Sunday nights. So maybe we'll record like Monday nights. Sounds um, good to me. Yeah, we'll try doing our Monday live recording on our YouTube channel. And you can find a link to that. That will take you to our podcast hosting site. Um, we are now available on nine different platforms, so find yours. We should be hitting iTunes uh, pretty darn soon. Um, so let me see where we are actually at. It shows me. So you go to invigoratradio.com, and we are on the Anchor app, and you can leave us um, voicemail messages there. So if you want to download Anchor to your phone, you just search up Invigorate Radio, and you can leave us a voicemail, and we can play it on the show. And you can also join our live streams every week and um, enjoy and join in the conversation. So we have our chat room. And then we're also on Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher right now. And we're waiting to get um, approved for um, Apple Podcasts. So we are moving on up. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And you can grow with us and joy. I'm learning yep, all I'm our here. little... Oh, now I'm not playing back. So that's so crazy. I put in the plug. Yay! So check <laughs> that out. That's awesome. So now don't breathe into the mic. Don't be that heavy breather. That breathes okay, into the okay, microphone. Okay, honey, I hear you. Right. It sounds like this. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. Joy, you are my mother. <laughs> Joy. Are you going to cut this? <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in. Are you? I'm a lazy podcaster. I don't. Okay. All right. All right. Well, then you'll see the ups and downs of all this first yes. one. Yes. We want to inspire new podcasters. You yeah. can do this too. That's right. Go. You got to uh, hit that button, chick. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Joey likes to pant into the microphone. Um, so we're going to. Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. It's so funny. So, yeah, I lost track. Anyways, bye. <laughs> bye. bye, everyone. See you next time in a brand new cartoon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh, hi there. Here's some bloopers from earlier this week. Hey. hey. Hello there. Joy. How's it going? Hi. I'm doing well. How are you doing, jo- Jen? Just trying out this conference call option. Yes. This is our trial. 
So do you have any information? What, what have you been learning today? What do we want to share with our listeners? Oh, let's see that not always do you might have fleas in your house, but it could be a fly. Well, I have no idea why you're saying this. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why is because my friend came over and she was sitting. She goes, you got fleas in your house? I said, no. And then we figured out I'm when it landed sure on. sure didn't sit down and go, you got fleas in your house. <laughs> And then I killed it. Smack. No, that's but your anyway. fancy version. But the long yeah. version is I'm sitting down, studying up our podcast, and I kept feeling something on my foot. And I looked down and it'd be gone. There's something's on my foot. I looked down and be gone. There's something's on my foot. And I saw a little black thing and then it was gone. So <laughs> then I thought, well, this is weird. Then I hopped on the other foot. And I'm like, do you have fleas or something? Like, what? Why do I keep feeling things on my feet? And when I looked down, it's gone. And then it ended up being a fly. So, on my leg, and then it was dead. Yeah, I didn't just roll up in your yeah. house. Hey, you got f- fleas? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bugs, remember the latest thing I figured out was that there's a certain brand, or a certain brand, a certain this brand. brand. A certain brand, not the generic kind of earwig, but uh, no, there's a subspecies or a species of earwigs that have wings. My life ended when I found this out. Like my my view of the world drastically changed when I found out the earwigs could fly. Yeah, but I never knew that. Ridiculous. <laughs> I just feel like I feel like we have been bamboozled <laughs> with this whole. Earwig, they're so creepy. They're the, for those you don't know, they're like those little red ant-looking things, but with pinchers, and they do pinch, like fly and land on my my shirt. And I was like, and then my my brain went and exploded. <laughs> well, I do know in the old days, around the turn of the century, and on Little House in the Prairie, the reason they wore those little bonnets to bed and covered their ears up because that's why it's called an earwig, and it will climb into your ear. I thought there was an old wives' tale. They said they don't really climb into your ear now. But I bet they would if they could. <laughs> Not very many people have earwigs in their bed nowadays, but back in the day, anything could. I mean, even as a child, you got to be in your ear. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Unfortunate thing. The thing I learned about that was, is you need to actually, when your mom says, help me carrying groceries, you should probably listen to her because had I listened to you, I would have never got the bee stuck in my ear. Oh, is that you, Joy? Yes, it is. How you doing today? It's pretty warm outside pretty warm yes it is 2018 our chat session got some funny stuff coming across our feeds my feed because I I see it like on you know like I don't know you probably don't look at your smartphone very much but it like it has uh it suggests stories and stuff to you and then I found Uh a couple interesting things to share with you oh good I love it when you share (laughs) (laughs) time to learn some things everybody Uh, you learned some stuff (laughs) yes and go ahead oh i was gonna say um it's july 5th and uh do you know what national holidays it is today i don't even know if you can call them holiday but there's some national days every day now i heard one day last week was national waffle day i didn't know there was one of them but. well did you know that today is national bikini day national apple turnover day which i don't really see how those things go hand in hand i do <laughs> i love apple turnovers and then hop in a bikini it just seems like <laughs> so or put a bikini or put a bikini on a baby bikini on apple turnover i don't know 
long. <laughs> you can see the future. I can tell the future when I do that. <laughs> Your body will look like an apple turnover. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> you tell jokes that only you are laughing at. Oh, that's the way it goes. <laughs> if you put a bikini on an apple turnover, you could tell the future. That's all I got out of your statement. <laughs> I don't know. Because right. I'm in my own little, little world and, and everyone knows me there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, it's also National Hawaii Day and National Grand Cracker Day. That's yeah, well, 365 days a year. They sure jam all these into one day, I huh? Know, right? It's, it's uh, <laughs> National Bikini Day started in 1946. Um, yeah, this is it's a, how you observe. You would think to just, you know, wear your bikini, but apparently they want you to use the hashtag National Bikini Day. I think you enough of those things on Instagram. Can you imagine what a, a bikini looked like in 1946? <laughs> uh, probably wouldn't look like a bikini at all, honestly. No, it probably looked like a sun, a sun, the cute little sunsy dress for a baby. <laughs> yeah, and everybody probably looked like little bloomer. An apple turnover. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a joke. I saw a little uh, picture on Facebook. It said, um, "What I think I look like in my bikini," and then it was like, "What I really look like," and it was like uh, a tube of uh, Pillsbury biscuits. <laughs> what a bathing suit! The Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Pillsbury Dough. Yeah. Yesterday was July Fourth. It sure was hot. I'm telling you. I don't know where you all are from, but it's hot. <laughs> we always turn southern when we podcast. I have no idea why. It's just, I have no idea. You start talking like, y'all. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm very versatile, aren't I? <laughs> I guess. Like, where is the southern draw coming from? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm putting on my turnovers and turn southern and we podcast. Listen to this joke. What do you get when you cross a dinosaur with fireworks? Dynamite! Oh my gosh. <laughs> what did the duck say? Why did the duck say bay? Because he was a fire quacker. <laughs> You're silly. I know it. Oh, gosh. <laughs>